Hey Islanders and welcome to episode 3 of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I interview Dan Erickson, founder of Brand Shouter. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, Subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders. Welcome back. I'm here with Dan Erickson, uh, owner and founder of Brand Chowder. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon. So, um, yeah, I've been excited about this podcast. Um, we'll get into a lot of these things as we go through, but um, first off, you're, you're actually my cousin as well. Um, and um, so I've, we've known each other for a long time. Um, but you've, you've started Brand Chowder and you've been doing this for how many years? And, and just tell us a little bit of history. Yeah, so I started Brand Chowder in April of 2013 with a buddy of mine that went to school with me when, when we were younger. And uh, we started Brand Shotter. Uh, the, the goal of Brand Shotter was to help um, business people. That was like, it's a marketing company, right? This was our marketing. We want to help business people figure out how to grow, figure out how to increase their business, build a website, set up a computer. We had no idea what we meant, but we knew that we both had a passion for helping um, businesses increase their reach and increase their, um, their business in the end, you know, their profit and their clientele and so forth. So Brand Shatter was started with a very vague premise of that's what we were going to do. Um, very quickly, we realized that we had to figure out what Brand Shatter actually was. And Brand Shatter very quickly started moving the, the path of marketing, um, specifically digital marketing, because... Let's face it, I'm kind of a geek, and so it's fun uh, to do things on the internet. Um, uh, yeah, so does that, yeah. No, that's, that's great. <laughs> um, so first of all, uh, I like to talk about um, your history and kind of how did you actually hear about Camino Island? Well, your father uh, had started a coffee company at the time, which is pretty well known out here, Camino Island Coffee Roasters. Um, I was living in Arizona at the time, and I decided I didn't want to be doing what I was doing for a living. Um, I was on the phone with Jeff and talking to him and nicely complaining about my situation, and he said, why don't you come work with me? And so 17 years ago, 17, is that right? I was 21. I moved up here uh, like two weeks after my 21st birthday, and uh Started working with your dad uh, at the coffee roaster, and yeah, that's how I heard about Camino. Um, your family, you, your sister, um, who are, as far as I'm concerned, like brothers and sisters to me in, in some in some capacity. Um, you guys all moved up here, and that was kind of my introduction to the area. Yeah, and uh, so you've been here 17 years. Um, how have you seen Camino change in that time? Um. You know, it's funny. In some ways, it really hasn't. And then in other ways, it really has. Uh, you know, it still has this very small-knit, close-knit community. Everybody sort of knows what you're up to, and, and they like to tell you that they know what you're up to. Um, you find out from people that you don't know things about your life that they shouldn't know. Um, so in that regard, it's kind of the same close-knit community. 
um, which, which is actually grown on me. When, when we initially moved here, um, or when I initially moved here especially, I, was, I come from a big city, nobody could care less about you. And so it's a little jarring that people know so much about you that you've never met. Um, however, it's kind of what makes Camino awesome is that people tend to care more about each other. Um, in the same vein, though, it's definitely grown. It doesn't have this kind of almost click-like local feel. There's a lot of people that have you know summer homes or weekend homes up here who come frequently. So they're still part of the community, but they're maybe not necessarily here all week long. Um, I think it's just, I think it's grown, honestly, in my opinion, it's changed for the better. I know that some of the old timers may, may not necessarily agree, but uh, I, I like seeing it have vibrancy in life. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, and like back then they didn't have, uh, like, you know, there was the first street light on Kamena was put in while you've been here. And yep. um, were you here prior to like the plaza, uh, Hagen's, all of that? I think Plaza was here. Hagen, so I remember Hagen being built when I was up here visiting your family um, a few years before I moved here. So Hagen was here when I moved. But um, I do remember shopping over at Thrifty Foods, um, which hasn't been around. Now it's like the storage for the uh, country store. Um, yeah, so uh, QFC was built since I've been here. Um, pretty sure Plaza's been around a while. Um, but it's changed and grown up a lot too. It's not no longer just a little kind of hole in the wall grocery store. It's they actually do a really good job with the plaza. So yeah. Um, okay, so you moved up here to get started with Camino Island Coffee Roasters. Uh, what was that like being on the ground floor of that company? It was intense. Um, so I think part of it is is. It, it, there's a little explanation of my back, my the before is is I come from a family of business owners. Um, even those who probably have no business owning a business found a way to own a business. I'm probably one of those people, and um, so it was almost like an expectation. Yet moving here, I had never even remotely had a position of responsibility, and then I was sort of thrust into this quote unquote management position, which. I thought, sure, this is what I'm intended to do, but I had no idea what I was doing. So it was intense from the perspective that I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, it was also intense from the perspective that the goal of Camino Island Coffee was to grow and be a big, a pretty big sized company. I mean, still small company by, by a lot of standards, but much larger than just a little like home-based business or startup. And so there was a big learning curve um, emotionally, um, work-wise. There was a lot of stuff I had to figure out in life that by the end of my 13 years working there, I feel uh, I did a pretty good job at figuring out what it was I wanted from life. And um, I owe a lot of that to my, my tenure there at, at the coffee roaster. Yeah. So, and you touched on this a little bit, but... Um Talk, talk more about the journey of how you went from coffee roasting to brand, brand shouting. Yeah, so, so uh, your dad, um, Jeff Erickson, who started the coffee roaster, um, he, he loves marketing. And he hired me uh, to actually kind of more do operations and less to do growth verticals. But as time progressed, I found that I was working more and more in the marketing side of things and learning 
from his experiences and then also learning from my own failures and my own successes in that. Um, I learned in that process, and this goes back to the really vague, ambiguous initial uh, goal of Brand Shotter, is I learned that I really love assisting somebody who has a vision and helping them make that vision happen. And to this day, that is my favorite part. That's my favorite part of Brand Chatter. Yes, we do digital advertising and websites and all this stuff. And that's, that's all well and good. But it's when a business owner comes to me and says, here's where I am and here's where I want to be. How can you use all of the various services you offer to get me there? That's when it brings that same excitement that I had at the coffee roaster of helping make a vision happen. Um, so I... Yeah, that, that time there, that is where I grew and learned what I thoroughly enjoy the most as a human being, and it's literally what birthed what Brand Shatter is today. Okay. So, you know, you start, you've, you leave the coffee roaster to really go on this big adventure of, with Brand Shatter, um, and I know nothing is ever easy. So what were some of the biggest challenges you faced with Brand Shatter? <laughs> Crippling debt? No, I... So as somebody who's been down this path and even before I should have known better, but um, it's never advisable to go off and do your own thing with no savings in mind. And, and I know this and I always knew that, but uh, my first two years were really rough. I had a business partner. Um, I've since bought him out, but at the time we were splitting the income and we weren't making enough income for either one of us to live off of. So, I went for two years not making enough income to support my family and watching my bank accounts all not only disappearing, but then heading into the negative numbers. Um, it was being forged in the fire. It was probably a fire I didn't need to be forged in. Um, I just felt at the time that the time was right to make the jump regardless. Um, Sometimes feelings are, are wrong. But uh, <laughs> that said, uh, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to come out the other end, to, to not be in debt and to be uh, having a company that's actually grown and is you know, ex- bringing on new fun clients, um, you know, just keeping, keeping up and getting more and more involved in the local community. And um, so with that, yeah, that was my biggest challenge was how do I make enough living to first off feed my family and then to second off, like, I'm never going to grow if I'm too busy worrying about my own income. So I had to get that, you know, step one solved so that I could actually make the company work and grow. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that was one of like a big challenge that you faced that wasn't, you know, wasn't 100 percent like you're doing uh, it's just kind of how circumstances. But what um, like what apparent failure or or failure that you have had with Brand Shouter um, uh, has either set you up for a later success or has just taught you an invaluable lesson? Yeah, so one of my first clients, um, I think they were my second client. Anyhow, one of, one of the first clients I brought on uh, was a, uh, a marketing company, basically, that was outsourcing marketing to us. And it was, they were a very big client. And they... When we first started working with them, they encouraged us to give our opinions. They encouraged us to help them change processes because they they really needed it. Um, Come six months down the road, it became apparent that they were actually resistant to all that change. And 
a normal business person who was seasoned would have seen that and backed off and just taken care of what they needed or recused themselves from the client. Um, in this case, we needed them because they were a big client and it was in the beginning. And uh, you know, sometimes when you're lean, you, you do more than you should to ensure that you're paying the bills. Um, but we continued to offer suggestions and advice and when it wasn't being taken, it became a, a little bit of a rift. It wasn't a big deal, but it was enough to where it was evident we weren't going to continue working together. And the lesson that I learned from that is you need to, first off, set clear guidelines and expectations up front. And you also need, especially within the marketing world that I live in, you need to understand, first off, that every client has a life cycle. And within that life cycle, you either can do for them what you say you can do or you can't. And if it becomes apparent that you can't, you need to recuse yourself from it to keep a relationship from going sour. Also because you should honestly care about that client. And for us, we hung on too long because we were needing the money rather than realizing that we should have said, hey, look, we've loved working with you. It's time for you to find somebody else and we will help you make that transition. And so that was a big learning, learning situation for us. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> so you've kind of gotten past a lot of these, these big hurdles and challenges and stuff. Um, so what are some exciting projects that you're working on right now? Hmm. I, so it's kind of funny. So brand chatter is kind of in a fun period where we just went through a big growth. Um, brought on my first employee who's amazing and she's sitting over here. So I got to say a lot of nice things about her. Um, but no, seriously, I, it's, it was great. And, and I'm now kind of in a little bit of a calm after the storm um, because during the time when I brought her on, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. I can't see or think straight. And, and this is a period, and, and I've learned this from my business, is that you have these like bubble periods where you just, you know, I don't know if it's seasonal because I haven't been able to nail it to a season or if it just happens to all land at the same time. But I you know, could get four or five fairly decent sized clients and then have nothing for a couple months after that, which is good because it allows me to handle them, get them to a kind of more normalcy before the next bubble comes. So I'm sort of in that period where normalcy has been a bit of established. So as far as the company, new clients coming in that are exciting, I mean, we've had quite a few exciting clients in the past like six months. Um, you know, this month right now, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't think, I don't think we have anything currently happening. A whole bunch of things on the horizon though that could be landing and, and generally a small percentage of them do. Um, personally, I've been moving more into consulting and that has been a lot of fun for me because once again, going back into my stated purpose of branch out or helping business people, the most generic business goal on <laughs> earth, consulting is fun because I literally can sit and talk to the business owner hear what they have to say, hear their challenges, learn from their expertise, and then take the things that I know and suggest options, suggest pathways. Um, I can go and do some research. Like it, it's a change from doing like work, 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 work. It doesn't feel like work. It's more research, chat, give some ideas, hear what, how they worked, think through changes. It, it's, it's, it's a whole different process. And it's new to, to my process, yet it's what I've always been wanting to do. I've just now finally started moving into that realm, so. Neat. Yeah. 
All right, so we've heard a lot about now what you've been doing and what you've been up to with, with brand shouting. And, uh, or brand shouters. <laughs> that's what we do. We're shouting brands. And by the way, that's not clam chowder, which a lot of people think I'm saying something about like soup or, or brand, like brand cereal. I don't know, but it's brand, like your company's brand. And we are yelling it for you. We are shouting. <laughs> or, or as TJ, the owner of the Coffee Roasters, likes to say, logo yeller. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but personally, uh, you live on Camino mm -hmm. and you have kids. Yeah. Obviously, I know it's because we're related, but um, what are your kids' ages? And You and I are both trying to repopulate Camino Island together. Um, no. So I have four kids. Um, it's really not that many. It just feels like it sometimes. <laughs> uh, I have a, a nine-year-old, a uh, very soon-to-be seven-year-old, um, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. All right. So, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> what are some of your favorite things to do on the island with your kiddos? We really, really like the beach, um, especially during the summer months when it's, it's a little toasty, but we can go out there wearing, you know, swim pants and, and swimsuits and flop around in the water a little bit and dig in the sand and play with the little baby crabs in the sand. And um, we're big fans of the beach. Uh, the kids love parks. And fortunately, the island has a lot of fun little like not necessarily play place parks, although they have those, too. But they have, you know, they have like park beach hybrids and, you know, the Hobbit trail over at, uh, what is that? Uh, Iverson. Iverson. And yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of, like, like we like to get out into the various areas of the island and, um, you know, and then there's a lot of really cool places nearby. Like it does, it's not all on the island, but we're kind of fortunate on the island to have a lot of really cool places to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no. Is, is there a favorite beach you guys like to go to? Well, we just moved, um, but our previous house was right in the country club area, and Beach One was like a very quick walk from our house, probably a two-minute walk. And so we would walk to Beach One all the time. So Beach One in the country club is kind of a, a family favorite, but now that we don't live there, we don't have access to it like we did. Um, so uh, we do like Iverson quite a bit. Um, I actually proposed to my wife down at... Um, 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 English boom. Um, so, so we have, we have a few special places around here. So, yeah. yeah. One, one of my things with, with our kids and my wife always laughs at me, but like, I love the beach, the idea of the beach. I like going there and hanging out and that's fun. But what I hate is when you get back in the car and the kids are like sandy and sandy and, oh. and, uh, it's everywhere. And I'm like, no, see, this is why I don't like the beach. <laughs> I, well, and I get, I have this very short attention span. I think that comes with just being a kind of computer geek is like you can keep a short attention span and keep moving. And my family wants to be at the beach for like four hours. And after 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, guys, <laughs> let's pack it up. And they're like, we just got started. So, so, uh, that said, there's a lot of like there's a lot of places to walk and stuff for people like me who need to do, be doing something all the time. So, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So um, people won't know this unless they listen to the kind of first part of this episode or uh, first part of this podcast, which uh, we'll talk about in a minute. But um, you also have your own podcast, um, and actually are, are one of the main people that prompted me into starting this podcast. Um, talk a little bit about that. How did you get started on podcasting? 
Yeah, so uh, I referenced TJ earlier, owner of Camino Link Coffee Roasters. Um, he and I, back before he bought the company from from Jeff, he and I, uh, we're, we're both we're both huge soccer fans. I gotta say soccer because I'm talking probably to a predominantly American crowd. Um, we love the sport of soccer, and um, we watch a lot of European soccer as well. And then, of course, I'm an American soccer fan too. So we created a podcast for fun because our two favorite English teams happen to hate each other. Like, like I don't know what it is about sports, but they literally hate each other. I'm not quite so livid, and he isn't either, so we just have more fun with that idea. But um, we created a podcast where the, the whole idea is that we're coming from our own perspectives and kind of fighting out things, which we never really fought much. We just had fun and, and teased each other. Um, that said, it was a whole lot of fun, not just because I enjoyed the subject matter, but I like to talk. And I think it's a family trait. Um, and it's fun to be able to just, you know, once again, the consulting thing, you know, it's fun to be able to just talk to people and figure things out. It was fun to talk with him and talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. And, and then hear like other people like type into Twitter or other things like their thoughts. And we never got that big, but we had this one guy from Australia who was a pretty hilarious and also a little crude. And he actually never even listened to us, but he would always interact with us and have fun with us. And um, it kind of spawned like this, like, this is a really enjoyable thing to do. And not long into it, after we worked out all the kinks and figured out how to make our audio better and, you know, all the technical stuff, it occurred to me that I'd like to do a podcast for my company because I hate writing blog posts. I'm not a writer, and writing sounds horrible. And... So what, how else do you create content other than talking or doing videos or whatever? And so for me, not being a videographer and not having that specific skill set, not necessarily wanting to learn it, but having already learned the podcast thing, I thought, man, I can say everything I want and then I could turn that into blog content, I could turn it into social media content, and I can truly try to help people, which was a... I have a business, so obviously I want my business to grow and I want to increase in business. But the purpose of my podcast, the primary purpose, was actually to offer helpful things to, to anybody who wanted them. A secondary purpose would be hopefully I would get business. But with that, the ability to be, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a member of the world community, to be able to give something back and to have fun doing it was a really exciting proposition. So I spent the time to learn how to do it properly. That doesn't mean I do do it properly, but I know how to do it properly. Um, I actually uh, signed up for a podcast hosting service where one of the owners is actually a pretty respected podcaster. And I signed up right after they launched, which they had few clients. And I got a little bit of like randomly, wasn't even expecting this, got personal attention from the guy. And he like reached out to me and said, hey, your mic sounds bad, buy this mic. So I bought that mic. Hey, this sounds bad, buy this. Hey, you should think about doing this. And so I actually got a really fast education from an industry expert. Um, you know, uh, the mic, I'm, I'm talking to you right now, and the mic that I'm using isn't my main mic, but the mic that you're using, I recommended you get because I have the exact same mic. Yeah. And it's a great mic, it's cheap, and it, that's, you know, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to do a podcast and have really good quality. And so, Learning all of that uh, kind of set it up, and it's now a service I offer with my business is, is helping people get podcasts going. Yeah, and I think it was really neat the the fact that it's um, 
you know, I think when I started researching, like, okay, what would it really look like to get one started? Um, the bar to entry is so much lower um, than even like starting. Uh, I mean, you could argue a YouTube channel because you can just use your phone, but if you want a, a decent YouTube channel, like you're, you're spending a lot more to get that up and going uh, and then starting a podcast. And with podcasting being, um, even though it's been around for a while now, still being an up and coming uh, medium that people are yep. utilizing. Um, it's just entering its glory days now. Like podcasts have been around a long time, but it's just now entering the golden age of, of podcasting. So, and, and also to what you were saying about being able to use your phone to make a YouTube channel, you can use your phone to make a podcast. They make an app for it and you can use your external mic. Sound quality is not going to be the best, but it's not horrible. So you could have a very, very low bar um, entry to podcasting too. Um, we just stepped our game up a little bit. So. Yeah. Well, I actually have someone coming up on the podcast um, in the future, and, and they, she has her own podcast, but she just uses her phone for her podcast. Um, so, yeah. No, it's it's definitely doable uh, at kind of whatever level you want to be at. So, um, All right. Well, <clears throat> I like to end every podcast with a few rapid-fire questions um, because, again, one of the reasons for the Kamena Voice is that um, I want both locals and tourists to kind of get an inside look of Kameno um, and kind of know some spots to go visit, like right off the get, uh, right off the bat. And um, so, um, first question is: Do you have a secret location on Kameno Island that you like to hang out? You said rapid fire, so I can't think too uh, too long, right? <laughs> I, I, I do I, I mean secret is is maybe not the right word but English boom is kind of a lesser known area and that's where I proposed to my wife and it's you know it only has parking for two or three cars so it's not a big area um, but it's great if you're a bird watcher and it's great if you're not a bird watcher like me but you just like having a kind of more quiet secluded beach area yeah yeah that's the second time we've heard that on the podcast so cool um, Okay, and then my second question is, and my last guest got slightly quote-unquote offended when I said pretend, but um, <laughs> pretend you have a friend visiting from out of town. I do have to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're coming to Kameno. What does their first day here look like? Uh, their first day will typically be um, starting at, at my house. Um, I have a green belt back by my house, so there's some wooded area that's kind of fun and nice. Um, probably be a drive around the southern tip, um, just because the real estate's beautiful here. There's some sweet houses. There's beautiful ocean views, um, or sound views, I should say. But um, the trees are beautiful. Um, the south end is still kind of like the wild west of Kameno. There's a lot of wooded area and it's not as cleared out. Um, and the trip around the south, like if you made a full loop around the island, I think it's what, 45 minutes? So it's not a very long drive and you can get kind of the full experience. Um, yeah, I'd say that's, I mean, that's the for sure. And then obviously there's a lot of day left, so we find other things to do, but um, that would be the first stuff, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a nice part of the island that, um, you know, a lot of North Islanders don't, take the time to do that very often so um okay and then uh another question is this is kind of for my own benefit um who is the most interesting person in this community that you think i should interview next on the podcast so i can't say you no <laughs> um there is a lot of interesting people um who do i think you should interview next 
feel like names should be coming to my mind a lot faster. I'm assuming you've already interviewed TJ, or you will be? I will be, yeah. Yeah, because I think TJ, just being with the coffee roaster, although, I, I mean, I just think he would be a great interview. Um, I would interview Jed Dorsey. Jed Dorsey? Which yeah. actually, now that I've said that, it occurs to me, I've already told you this outside of the podcast, but um, Jed Dorsey with Dorsey Art Studio and Acrylic University, um, full disclosure, he's a client of mine, but he's also a good friend, and I think he's a super interesting guy. Um, uh, his, his Acrylic University course, he, uh, one of the best parts of that is him as a teacher. He's very, uh, very easy to listen to and very easy to learn from, so he might be a fun interview for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I hope to have him on the podcast as um, I'm there a lot of the days. They also have a class called Coffee and Canvas. Yes. They offer um, on a lot of different Saturdays throughout the year. Um, but I, I get to hear him the whole time while I'm working, and he's, he's very entertaining. You need and to step out your door and go paint with him. I know. <laughs> I'm too nervous. Uh, Brittany's <laughs> actually done it, my wife, um, but I haven't gotten out there yet, so too nervous. Um, Okay, and then uh, if you could have a message on a billboard, like right as you come on the island, what would you have that say? This is not original. Um, my So long, long story, I'm going to shorten it really quick because I know this is rapid fire, and of course setting it up takes time. Um, my real estate agent that helped us sell our previous house and move just recently um, put a sign out, which is connected to a movement um, um, I, I want to say it had something to do with teen suicide. Um, that said, she put a sign out at the right at the opening part of, of the, the why there, um, coming to Camino Commons, that said, you matter. And I remember driving by that and saying, that is just the coolest sign because it's the truth. Every single person, now obviously it was connected to a specific movement that was focused on teens, but every single person needs to have the message that they matter. Um, you know, obviously from a business perspective, I'd want to maybe advertise my business, but I think if I were actually <laughs> picking the sign that said the message that I would want everybody to see, I really liked seeing you matter. I don't know what it was, but it really just spoke to me. So I yeah. would, I would make a big billboard version of that rather than the little white sign that sat out there. No, that's great. So. That's, that's a great answer. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Camino voice. Yeah. Thanks for having me. A big thank you to Dan Erickson for joining us on the Command of Voice. And I also wanted to add this to the end. You, you might have noticed in that podcast episode, I mentioned a few different times, either the first part of this podcast or talking about another part of this podcast. Well, Dan actually did an interview of me on his podcast. It's the Business Growth Podcast. And you can listen to that by going to brandshatter.com forward slash podcast, and then finding the one that has uh, Brandon Erickson on it. So I'll put a link to his podcast in the show notes, so that way you can just find them there. And as always, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Camino Voice. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be discovered by other islanders like yourself. And thanks for joining us on this episode, and I will talk to you on the next one.